Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial location, health freedom. And in that light, I'm always curious, interviewing entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, marketers, doing things on the cutting edge, recording those conversations and sharing it with the world. So today we have Don Abbott. And she's going to be talking all about gaining clarity and alignment. It's going to be all about mindset, limiting beliefs, and um, all about personal development. So I'll let her introduce herself and we'll get right into it. So Don, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you having me and honored to be here. I, um, yeah, as you mentioned, I what I do now is I'm a small business coach and I use a system called EOS, which is the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And we essentially do three things. We help people who have entrepreneurial organizations gain clarity, meaning get out of your head what your vision is, right? Your vision for the future. Who are you? Where are you going? How you're going to get there? And make sure that everyone in the organization understands that as well. And then the second thing is traction, just creating those systems and processes that make entrepreneurial organizations accountable and disciplined so that everybody has metrics and goals they're hitting. And then lastly is is working on building cohesive teams within the organization, starting with the leadership team, because if we're honest, most teams are not cohesive. So <laughs> that is um that is what I do now. Um my my background is that I've owned my own um, business for 31 years. Uh, and I still own that. And through the EOS process, I was kind of moved into the owner's box. And my oldest son now runs that and another company that I started in 2010. So while I um, am working towards the future full-on transition of those businesses, um, I am no longer working in them, um, which I think is is one of the purposes and goals I have for other entrepreneurs is to be able to decide what they want to do every day um, and still have a business that provides them the lifestyle they enjoy, right? From a financial uh, and time perspective. Uh, You know, that's the ultimate dream is, you know, control your time and your freedom. And uh, I mean, you could be making a million dollars, but just be miserable because you're chained to your, you can't do anything. You have to, you know, work for that corporation. Um, 
interesting thing was uh, one gentleman, he described it as indentured servitude. Yeah, I think, and I can see that from both working for corporate America and in your own business, you know, having my career been entrepreneurial, I was very much tied to that sort of indentured <laughs> servitude, right? In 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 the treadmill, you know, running at full bore, um, sacrificing majority of the other things in my life besides business, you know, not really having the time or the financial or the fulfillment um, that I was looking for in in the what we should that that's what our businesses should provide for us is those three things right and um and I, I was making all the mistakes that you could possibly make in business and didn't know what I was doing and I just worked harder yeah. to to cover up for for my lack of of you know knowing how to do this correctly yeah so what's what's interesting is you have a very interesting background and you talk about um really talking about um uh, limiting beliefs and recognizing them. So tell us about that. Sure. So you know, the other part of my story is this this business that I started in 1991. I started that with my husband um, and because I had just had a baby and didn't want to go back to work. Um, and so this was just going to be like a side hustle. And it turned into obviously more than that and kept growing and um, became successful. And we started two other businesses because that's what visionary entrepreneurs do is <laughs> see shiny things and, and think of new revenue streams and things like that. Um, and as I said, we we worked our lives away and ran that treadmill and um, just worked harder and then in 19 or no, not 19. In 2013, we had both of our boys were um, 18 and 21. So, you know, looking at that next with these three businesses and and potential empty nest and those kinds of things, um, you know, what was going to be next? So we had kind of planned on selling the large business and um, and keeping the other two and sort of not running a business together anymore, you know, taking businesses separately. And, and, um, and then I found out I was pregnant. And that's not exactly, you know, what was in the plan for you know, getting to the end of a marathon. You don't necessarily want to just start a new one. <laughs> but so our daughter was born in May of 2013. And then three months later in August, my husband died in an accident. Mm. And so here I was at this place of these three businesses, two boys in high school or in college and a newborn, right? A three month old. Um, so I didn't have. Uh, any capacity or bandwidth for worrying about what was going on at the business. Like right at that point during grief and so forth, I, you know, I, I didn't care. And I share that just because it's the shock that changed the mindset for me, right? The kind of the life quake. And it was a forced letting go of the vine. I, you know, I should have let go of the vine but I was in my business from control and fear and ego have to be in every process, have to make every decision. And when I stepped away, I realized my team had it right. They picked up the ball, they ran with it, they were empowered. And so that's why I share that is, is we can do that in our businesses, having something traumatic happen. Mm. And so getting back to your question about limiting beliefs, I ended up on this journey for a couple of years um, of this full-time job of finding myself and really discovering 
that I had so much baggage from growing up like we all do, right? There's a, there's a seven-year-old scar in every one of us. Um, <laughs> and that we carry that in and we, and all of our interactions and the way we run businesses and, you know, the limiting belief I had that, you know, my parents worked very hard and never really achieved what you would, you would call the American success. And so that's that I carried that around with me that you just have to work hard you don't have, you know, working smart is not an option and you might not ever be successful anyway. Right. Mm. <laughs> and, and so I think that's some of the foundational work that, that entrepreneurs, you know, once, once I work with them and we, and we work on kind of all of these external systems, they get to a place where they got it. They, they have time to realize, wait, who am I? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, and what have I been doing? And, and what is not working? Um, and and that's again kind of that forced gift of the trauma um, that I was given, really discovering what was holding me back and where I was not walking in gratitude. Oftentimes in my life, you know, complaining about my husband and the business and blah blah, and you know what yeah. I wouldn't give to have those those problems back, kind of thing. Um, and decided I would never. I would never spend a moment not walking in gratitude and not looking at myself and how I could be better and where my ownership in all of my interactions and everything that went right or wrong, I have a part in, right? And really discovering that. So interesting. Which is interesting is um when you talk because you talk about limiting beliefs and then um you know i can hear the, some of the heaviness you know from the past and you know we all carry emotional trauma and uh, what's interesting is you talk about a limiting belief library and understanding mm. the stories you've created tell us about that right so i think it's just you know it's the example of the the one that i just brought up is that hard work is the the way to make it in the world right and so we just work longer and harder and or there's all kinds of limiting, like when you think of every interaction you have, it's colored by some type, you know, emotion or belief from your past. And so when you walk into a room and you tell your coworker or your boss about a new idea you had, and they sort of brush it off and go, okay, yeah, that sounds great. And, and walk away, you're triggered, right? And so you can, so then you, when you react from that, past belief system because maybe in your family if if people weren't jumping for joy that that meant that you know it they didn't care or whatever that that belief is and so when you can take a look at that and stop and reframe it rather than react from it it can be very powerful in in how you go about your life so in that scenario you could just react and say, oh, they're going to fire me, or they, they, she hates my ideas, or whatever that looks like, and and instead say, wait a minute, what is actually true? Mm. Maybe she, I don't know what she was thinking is what the truth is. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can see first of all, where is that emotion or that trigger leading me or giving me a, a sign? of what I need to work on, what's going on in me. And then secondly, now I can react and behave and have an interaction from a different place, right? From a smarter place of truth of, Mm. okay, rather than freaking out and assuming the worst and start looking for another job, I could just give her a call and see (laughs) what (laughs) she thought 
you know, or I can just assume it's fine until I hear otherwise, right? Like so much better than just our our innate reaction that come from all these pieces of our pie that, that are that are you know from yeah. previous experiences and beliefs. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and they can, and I there's there's two sides, right? So that that belief of you know if people aren't super excited and giving me accolades, then they must not like me that can also be very, very empowering, right? So my work ethic, for instance, I see that as a huge benefit, right? That part of the belief is very empowering because I'm willing to work and put in the the effort and go the extra mile. And it can hold me back, making, making me believe that I must work hard and I must load trucks by myself and, <laughs> and work overnight and do ridiculous things. Or, or I could just be smart about it you know, and choose to not work hard and just make some different decisions and find people who want to do that with me. And so that's the, the flip side of those beliefs is they can be very empowering. And so you can use them for that, but you have to get to know them first, right? Read read the book. <laughs> yeah. It's quite interesting because there's a book like Byron, it sounds like what you're talking about is Byron Katie. You know, every time I get triggered, when I get into these negative emotional states, like these stories is like is these, these and it's like you're just you're just constantly triggered by these stories. But then like mm-hmm. if you switch to like uh, gratitude or abundance, you know, some and then your your stories change, which is quite, right. you know, it's fascinating. So um, you know, um it's really interesting how we create our own trauma and our own dysfunction, you know, we're actually in the way of our actual progress we actually need to just get out of our own way but you know let us let the you know let our true selves do the do the work so right yeah i've always found that like if, if i can just go back and discover where that belief came from like the first is understanding and recognizing the trigger which like i said is is like okay so that obviously is telling me something about some belief i have mm-hmm. but where do i think i got that Like, was that that conversation with my mom when I was nine or was that, you know, and then once I can go, oh, I get it and understand where it came from, then I can just make it go away. Right. Okay, That's that's actually not true. And when I see that, I can remind myself, remember, that's not true. You made that up when you were nine and not capable of seeing the logic here. And also uh, tell us more like um, guiding decisions from a place of strength. What sort of um, decision-making process or kind of mental framework can uh, entrepreneurs or people owning their own businesses zoom out to, you know, eliminate the external factors and then guiding their decisions from a place of strength? Sure. I think uh, from, you know, there's the, the internal factors, right? And then I think making decisions in an entrepreneurial world requires that we have some of those processes and systems, you know, that we develop through the EOS process. And, um, you know, we often see, I often see visionary entrepreneurs who spend a lot of time running their business on gut. Or, you know, from a physician standpoint, you know, I don't think they teach you a lot about running a business in medical school, right? And so you're running a business with a doctor's mindset, right? And so having the right tools to run your business from actual facts 
and, you know, having a scorecard where you're keeping all of the important metrics that are leading measure, you know, the activity-based things that you can do to make your business grow or your practice grow instead of running it from this place of like gut. And I'm all for gut, right? There's, there's something <laughs> for that. But also we need to be really empowered and informed as business owners and have this empowered lens or filter in which we make decisions. And so we, first of all, have to know what our core values are, who we are, you know, who we are, where we put a stake in the ground, and we would rather not take the biggest client if it doesn't allow us to be aligned with those values and what our purpose, cause, and passion is, why we're on this planet and what we are very best at uh, and and passionate about where those two things intersect is, is our focus, right? And when we start doing those things, and then we bring in the tactical stuff of having numbers and metrics and goals, now it, decisions just become easy, right? This, this place of strength is, I know exactly what my mission is, and what I need to push forward, and when I'm not aligned, and I can look at the numbers, and now now it's just instead of a Ooh, what should I do here? It's it's a okay, if this doesn't move my mission forward and allow me to be aligned or allow me to use my strengths in the best way, then I I'm out, right? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of that seeing shiny things and <laughs> making decisions from God and I don't know, what is it is a doctor supposed to do in terms of growing their practice? You know? Yeah. Let's, you know, get into to who you are and your strengths and find the right people to surround you. And um so. Yeah. Does that answer that question? I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, um, really interesting. And then um, tell us more about, you know, your um, company and how people can find you, follow you, um, connect with you. Sure. So Abbott Coach, my last name, which is two B's, two T's, A-B-B-O-T-T. And on there, you know, on the website, I uh, do DISC workshops, five behaviors of cohesive team, workshops and assessments. I uh, do some keynote speaking. uh, And then my EOS practice is where I help entrepreneurial organizations that are 10 to 200 employees uh, and ready to be open and honest and dig in and and have their business grow, as well as my new book that will be out in January called Your Life is Not Your To-Do List. (laughs) All that can be found on that website. Yeah. So you can, yeah, you can book a discovery call with me and um, see how I can help you in your business. Yeah, And for all the audience out there uh, listening, it's been a great conversation. Be sure to check out Dawn's resources, which be, will be in the LinkedIn show notes. Be sure to follow her on um, LinkedIn, Facebook, and check out her website. And with that, thanks for so much for coming on to the podcast. And it's been a great conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
wherever you are listening. If you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.